1: cross is not bad, towards the back post, Morley into the back of the net by Raquel May! What a strike to the right front of the Spaniard! what an impact on his home debut! And Bournemouth, almost the same time they scored as they did on Wednesday, smashed in for the equaliser. Hello and welcome to episode 102 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis, hope you're doing okay this Monday. Well, you're possibly not. One, because of the football. Two, because of the weather, raining again. And three, we're going into another lockdown. Yeah, it's all starting later this week and it's a month of hell for many. For others, maybe things might not change. However, it's going to be a time where... We have got the football to look forward to, albeit, of course, on TV. That's been the same for quite a while. But if you want to talk cherries, well, we're trying to open up the podcast platform. So I encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and get involved in the post-match free-for-alls because we'd love to have your opinions and your thoughts. As we try to recreate the pub experience, grab a Bovril, grab a beer, and uh, we'll turn up and chat cherries. We want to make it as inclusive as possible. And uh, if you've got any ideas that you'd like to, for content you'd like to see on the channel, then let me know as well because we're all up for putting anything we can on to help us get through another month of pain. And speaking of pain. Derby County visited AFC Bournemouth on Saturday. Well, after the Cherries dispatched of Bristol City in the week with a late Dan Juma winner, the Rams were the next to visit, with Boscombe fans hoping we could end a streak of seven games without a win against them. However, a lacklustre showing sadly meant that the expected three points would only turn out to be one, ending to our never-ending tally of draws. Well, that's what it seems like anyway. So whilst AFC Bournemouth sit third in the table, myself and Jeff Hayward, we can't help but feel deflated after a performance that maybe left a lot to be desired. So we're going to go over that match against Derby County, of course. We're going to be previewing our trip to Wednesday on Tuesday. Work that one out. It's a seven o'clock kickoff on Tuesday night at Hillsborough and they sit bottom of the league Really, we need a win, don't we? So we'll look forward to that. Plus, in a brand new series on our YouTube channel, North Stand season ticket holder Tom Jordan gives his player ratings from the last game. So we provide a taste of his thoughts after that one-all draw at the weekend. But first, I think we should do this. (laughs) So, one all against Wayne Rooney's Derby County, and I wouldn't say it was a frightening performance or a spooky one, but it was Halloween. Yeah, and it's our first league match on Halloween since 2009 where we played Rochdale. And that one was a bit of a scary performance. Simple question Who was the manager of AFC Bournemouth, and what was the score? On our last Halloween match at Dean Court? Do you know the answer is at the end of the show? So Jeff Hayward is standing by, and by the looks of him, he's not a happy bunny. Let's bring him in. <laughs> Jeff, one-all against Derby County. How was your weekend?
2: That made it very frustrating. I, I know we're unbeaten after nine games and we're the only team in the four divisions that's got an unbeaten record. However, you watch that game and it, it's hard to recognise that performance based on that second half performance we, we saw against Bristol City where we played with speed, intensity, desire, which we needed to do because we were shocking in that first half too. Yesterday, they come out and... Oh, unrecognisable. It was just awful.
1: Mm. And it wasn't like Derby were incredible. We were just getting the technical aspects wrong, just the basics of football. And I said on the free-for-all after the game that Cherries hadn't won in our last seven matches against Derby County. And there wasn't a single point in that match... Maybe just after Roy Rose equaliser, but you know that I thought that was going to change because mm. we were poor throughout. The second half was better, we've got to say, and JT, to his credit, made substitutions that had an effect once again. However, the first forty-five minutes, I've I've not quite
2: seen anything like that for a long time. Football is a simple game made much more difficult if you cannot pass the ball to your teammate, and we're not talking difficult passes. There were so many simple passes that were either overhit, misplaced, just, just poor. And, and we're better players than that. We know that. And yet, it it it's something we've talked about before. There's there's this kind of uh, inconsistency with this squad that they find it very difficult to. Keep going with a with a level of performance that they set in the previous game or previous forty five minutes even, and so it's not just one player as an off day. I mean, how many how many players really stood up yesterday and performed? How many of those players can honestly say, you know what, I was I was good for that game? Steve Cook,
1: mm.
2: Begovic. That's about it, isn't it?
1: You. you... You look at it and analyse the individual performances and it left a lot to be desired. And I thought it was a really poor performance with a lack of care and attention on the ball, as you said. Overplaying, heavy passing, the simple things not being done correctly. The countless amounts of passes out from the defence that were just not you know, either not finding a ball with player or if they were, it just bounced off us and Derby were managing to get the possession back. And yet they dominated the early stages of the game, Derby County, didn't they? And, you know, arguably had some of the, the best chances.
2: When we play too slow and particularly when we play too slow from the back, we invite the opposition to press us. We make it easy because we don't have enough movement going on in the midfield. So if the ball you watched yesterday and you see the ball go out to the flanks, to Rico or to Mepham their only out ball was to um, was to Smith or to Stacy but there was nothing that St- Smith or Stacy could do they're sort of trapped on the on the flanks and there's no inside options for them on the midfield because because there is no movement there's no sort of team connection going on there and if we are going to play out from the back we need to play with much greater speed and movement and ambition you know, you know what football's like you know, if you make it easy for the op- for the opposition, if you're static, and we were way too static, and when we had the ball in midfield, it felt that there was no movement up front. You know, the the disconnect between where we were playing from, so deep in our half, to trying to hit balls, hit glory balls to Solanke or to Danjuma. I mean, we made it so easy for them.
1: Yeah. We did. Uh, It was 3-4-3 that we lined up with, and Kelly was out for Rico, who stepped in as the left side of that Mm. centre-back three. Dan Jima in for Josh King, who was on the bench. Billing in for Gosling, who was on the bench. So we had a midfield duo of Lewis Cook and Philip Billing, and you and I, we've been on podcasts last season in Project Restart, even before that, because we sort of wonder what their respective roles are. I think Lewis Cook's role is a slightly more defined now, but when you have a player alongside you that seemingly is not putting in a shift, it's very difficult to, for Lewis Cook. We've always said that Philip Billing, he seems to perform better in a three. How many times are we going to have these conversations, Jeff, about that guy? Because, you know, we want him to do so well for us, but so many times we just see these performances that
2: are lacklustre at best. He had a poor game yesterday, um, but he wasn't alone. You know, there were, there were a number of players who who also had a really bad off day. I think he stood out more because so often the ball was going through him. And even in the first few minutes, you know, he gets robbed in midfield and they have a chance. And and I, I'm just not sure that I understand rotation. You know, we've got a lot of games. We've got another game coming up on Tuesday night. So the recovery period is is not great. We're missing... Uh, probably our biggest midfield player, uh, Jeff Lerma. And that presents a problem when you are trying to rotate from the, the Wednesday night to the Saturday. Um, Lewis Cook and Stanislas were both uh, playing or both starting for in that Bristol City game. But to bring Billing in for for Gosling is not a like-for-like like swap unless you're unless you're expecting Billing to transform himself into some sort of human dynamo, he's not that type of player. And, I, you know, I, I I think he's better when playing in the opposition half. You know, he can play a good through ball. He can, he's got a bit of vision. He's got a good shot, but not picking up the ball, you know, 10 yards outside our box. He looks slow. He looks ponderous. And if he's not got any options, you know, he's easy to rob because he's all left foot. And predictable. And I don't want to single him out because, like I say, there were lots of players yesterday who were average at best. You know, you could, you could pick everybody on that outfield side apart from Steve Cook, I think. And they, they all had terrible moments. Um, it was just that Billings were the ones that cost us. And actually, do you know what? I think it's that that sort of three as well. I, I wasn't that impressed with Stanislas. On uh, Wednesday night, and I'm I'm not sure he can play that that sort of I don't I don't know what role you'd call it the sort of advanced midfield role, um, because twice now he he's done that in two consecutive games and he was poor yesterday. Kept giving the ball away, didn't seem to have any vision. Um, You know, thank the Lord that Brooks is back because I think he might solve that particular problem.
1: Yeah. I think so. So let's go over our season so far. We've got four wins and five draws. So that puts us on 17 points. We're third in the league. A lot of people are saying, well, that's not bad. We're unbeaten. It's good for the psyche, that the fact that we haven't been beaten. But you look at the matches that we should have won against the quality of opposition that we played. Derby County, they're in the relegation zone. We're playing Sheffield Wednesday on Tuesday. That worries me. Some of the teams we've played have not been exactly in advanced positions in the league. But then you counter that and say, okay, well, we've played Watford, we've played Norwich and stuff. People keep on reeling out the same line that, well, you know, it's early days. We're only going to get better. Well, that point is nullified by the fact that all teams are going to get better. So how can you make that as a point all you can do is just play the matches that you've got now maybe you could say that players like josh king and you know david brooks are perhaps not fit but even unfit players should be able to do the basics you know that 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 does not that is not related to your cardiovascular fitness and uh, i really struggle sometimes to even dissect and analyze matches i i find wins fairly easy to go over but sometimes when we put in abject performances I struggle to see what the issues were but that's the first thing that, and and that was obvious to anyone and Derby County in the first quarter of an hour dominated us there was a shot from Waghorn left-footed over the bar they started really brightly Matthew Clark uh, rose highest from a from a Wayne Rooney cross and then on 11 minutes then we gift the ball away and Derby, you know, they were running forward with the directness that Bournemouth once did. I remember that goal that we scored Fulham away in the 3-0. And I think David Brooks scored one and then Callum. And, you know, at times it was a joy to watch because you'd see three or four darting forward. And that's what Derby had. And then Philip Billing comes along and concedes a, a free kick in a, in a in a needless area. And, you know, it's not like they haven't got anyone on their side that can score free kicks from 25 yards or whatever. As it happened... The free kick wasn't taken by him. It went into the wall. And then uh, it was not cleared by a mixture of Solanke and Smith. And then Shinny came along with a deflection. So it's quite quite apt that his surname's Shinny, really. But off Steve Cook into the back of the net. And it's another situation where we go behind. And we did it against Watford. We've done it before. But it's just a, a stupid situation to get ourselves in, isn't it?
2: Oh, the whole thing, I mean you described it really well. Um I think it, it might have been Billing You got robbed in midfield, I can't quite remember. I think it was because he then gets frustrated and makes a needless challenge, gives away a free kick. And I, I think there are several several things that um I wanna point out. One, how many times are we slow at starting in first halves this season? You know, it, it seems to me that the kick at the backside at half time is happening with a regularity that shows the players either aren't taking it in the coaching staff aren't getting the message over to the players before they come out on the pitch or or we're just not mentally prepared right because to play so poorly and start so poorly in that first half it's happening again and again and again you know if we we have this conversation after after the game on Tuesday night you know I'm going to be mad as hell because We're better than that and we can play better than that. And it's something that is fixable. It's an attitude issue rather than a a skill issue. Um, In my view, you know, we've got to get that sorted. Number two, the lack of intelligence from some of our players. Why does billing make that challenge you're right. He absolutely knows that Derby have got players who can kill us with free kicks. You know, they've got the ex-England captain who scores free kicks like that for fun. Why give him the chance? You know, think about what you're doing. No need to make the challenge. The guy's blocked in front. He's not going to be able to score from there. That that was so avoidable and, and it's so frustrating. And that lack of intelligence, I mean, we're seeing it time and time again in the in the kind of decision-making that players players are actually taking on the pitch. They're not... They're not playing the right ball. They're not seeing stuff that, that we can see or that y- you expect them to see. Or they they know that the opposition player has only got one option, which is to take a foul and dive. And we still foul. You know, we're doing that so many times in games, letting letting the opposition get under our skin. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm going there like I've been there before, you know.
1: Yeah, and it, I thought there might it might provoke a reaction, but it wasn't. It was Derby that I arguably you know, could have scored a set. I mean, on 25 minutes, Waghorn fired. It was a daisy cutter, and then in the end, Begovic. But Derby, they were first at everything. Um, it, you know. And I don't know, and I said this on the free-for-all as well, but there seemed to be a lack of communication throughout the side. There were so many times where midfielders were on the ball, and I could see that there was a man on, and it's like no one's talking to him. Because they're really slow on the ball, and sometimes when, say, Rico had the ball and you know Josh King's trying to get in front of his marker and just you know trying to offer himself as a ball to feet, there would be just a leg that came in from the from the Derby defender, and he's not he's not making himself big, he's not shielding the ball, and they're and they're easily managing to recycle possession. And for I think the problems actually started from the back with our terrible distribution and then it it sort of, um, it then morphed itself into our midfielders being pretty poor. I think Lewis Cook, you know, did have a good game to be fair, but then up front, you know, it just seemed to sort of emanate throughout the side and for all our so-called attacking flair, for all our players that we think will tear up the championship, the lack of goals and the lack of opportunities, that's worrying, Jeff
2: yeah it's beginning to be a concern. The game yesterday was very reminiscent of that q p r game where we barely created a single chance I mean we barely created a single chance in the entire game you know and thankfully thankfully, we managed to play better in that second half but but I think the um well like uh, you know it doesn't help if you can't pass the ball to each other, but I thought um I'm I'm concerned about that combination on the left-hand side of Rico and Smith. You're right. I don't think that works particularly well together. And I think we actually missed Lloyd Kelly playing with Smith yesterday because that in the second half against Bristol City was dynamic and purposeful. And what you need is that left-hand side centre-back. You know, if the opposition's sitting deep, they've got to take it to the opposition. And Lloyd Kelly did that brilliantly in that second half, I thought, last uh, Wednesday. But Rico's a slightly different player. I don't think they they gel that well together. On the right-hand side, I thought Stacey had a terrible off day yesterday. You know, maybe there's a lot of tiredness kicking around. Maybe, you know, the players, some of those players, because he's played pretty much every game, you know, maybe he just needed a break, but he was not on his game. And I I don't think that helps. And Mepham isn't naturally going to go forward and commit a midfield player to create space for the other midfield players. And what happens is what you get with Derby yesterday is their their attackers sit right off our defenders? Let them have the ball, and then they've they've got no options because mm. they're not taking it directly forward. They're not they can't pass to anybody because everybody's all effectively double marked. You've got a, a striker in front and a midfielder behind our midfield players, and they they can't get the ball. And, and when they're as slow as Billing is in possession, you know it's easy to pick off. And, and just the whole thing was. Um, such a such a frustrating game to watch, and it, it's it's also I think on the uh, management team to see those things and change them and change how we play, change the change the dynamic. And I think there was uh, a time where Stanislas got a bit of a talking to during that first half, and actually it seemed to work because he was then involved in our two only chances at the the end of that first half, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, and Dom Solanke, I mean, he um, he managed to put pressure on the keeper with a with a long ball forward and then beat the defenders to feed Smith, who, who then side-footed it back to Solanke, who, who blazed it with his instep over the bar. But then he had another chance, a, a snapshot, great save from the keeper, Marshall, um, after some great build-up play, as you say, with Junior, who who sort of cut the ball back from a tight angle. But, you know, he got in the right places and credit to him. We were getting opportunities. And that's that's what Bournemouth fans want to see. We want to see creative zippy football fast paced we want to see the team creating chances and given the riches that we've got in terms of the players on the pitch then you know we should have we should have been creating more it's not necessarily the actual getting them on target and scoring them obviously the more shots you have the more likely you are to score anyway but you know you've got to create the chances for that to happen and people might look as though we're being really negative but uh, you know we yeah, we're third in the league, we're unbeaten, blah, blah, blah. But I think we need a bit of a reality check as well, You know, given the amount of quality Premier League standard players that we have. And this reminds me of 12 months ago where a lot of people were seeing our lofty league position and they said, you know what? You know, it's brilliant. It's great. And then we got unravelled really quickly and it's got the same feel to it, despite the fact we're unbeaten and all that stuff. That I feel is a, Almost a bit of a smokescreen and people were almost reeling out this line. Yeah, well, you know, like we're unbeaten, but come on. The team that we played yesterday were probably one of the poorest that we faced and we weren't creating enough chances. Second half, though, he's got to say, was better. Yeah. Jason Tyndall made some... Really good substitutions, and that's one thing that we've, you know, quite often with Eddie, we there were some substitutions that we almost were really baffled. But credit to JT, he's making right decisions, and they seem to be having the impact. Of course, the goal scorer um, was brought on by him, and he's he's kind of making the calls that that we as fans would do. And that's one thing I feel is quite good, you know, billing coming off, etc. Um, You know, Roro coming on uh, in in replacement of Junior Stanislas, et cetera. Um and the second half was better, wasn't it, Jeff?
2: It it was better. I think we you know, there there a combination of things. I think Derby ran out of a bit of energy and just decided to try and win it 1-0 and, and defend deep. Um which actually helped helped us. I think that we could play further forward, you know, the 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 defense got up the pitch more which we needed to do we needed to close the gap between the defense midfield and the strikers which we did which made it easier to pass the ball to each other um gave us more options but um it was still it was still one of those games you know there, there was still occasional passes that you thought why have you just hit that out that was so easy to make and i again i, I think it's we absolutely need to pick out individual players star when he came off the bench on Wednesday night, Saturday afternoon, Arnie, what's happened, mate? Where's the smile gone from your play yesterday? You looked like you didn't want to be there. You looked miserable. Um, you couldn't pass the ball to anybody. You kept making the wrong decisions. Suddenly, in the second half, he, he gets a few chances but even then, it's not it's not the smiling Arnie we know. You know, he's he's sort of he seemed just grumpy yesterday, and and I don't know I don't know why what's going on because we needed him to finish one of those. What did he have? Four, maybe five good efforts, good chances yesterday. Mm. And okay, keeper makes a brilliant save for that one that hits the post, but the other ones, you think. He's got to get better connections. He's got to do better than that to to make it more difficult for the keeper. He's, he's got a flipping score, one of those, because that's how good he is. And that's what he would have done on Wednesday. So what changes? And I, I think that's what we find frustrating too.
1: Mm, yeah, it's it's funny. There were a few players that I just got really agitated about. And Rico was one of them, albeit you know, he, my opinion of him changed all of a sudden when he uh, put that cross in for Roro, which uh, I'm sure we'll talk about. But it's... His passes were terrible. His distribution was poor. Premier League pedigree players. You know, you don't expect players to be brilliant every week, but you do expect them to do the basics. And Derby, throughout the game, though, it was clear that we were going to have more territorial possession because they were camped back. Um, And they were obviously happy to, you know, try to soak up possession and maybe hits on the counter, which... At times, they, they looked as though they had a couple of chances. But when you've got players like Steve Cook at the back and, you know, Chris Meppham, I thought, you know, it did all right yesterday. wasn't perfect, but he, he did okay. Steve Cook, again, um, man of the match, worthy performance. But we, we couldn't turn that possession into goals. And you say, we were, we were unlucky uh, with a, a few chances, but we were still, every so often, we were overplaying the passes. Uh, you know, countless times, I remember seeing through balls from either Dom or Josh – to their striking partner and the ball was you know it was played so heavily that there was no chance and you know I don't know what the conditions were like yesterday I thought it was all right I think you know I think it turned out to be like quite a nice day yesterday but it wasn't just no excuse I just I just found it so frustrating
2: I I totally agree with that it it was it was baffling and and for um for a team to put in a performance like that after such a great shift only two and a half days earlier albeit we only played one and a half against Bristol City mm. but you would expect the same ish 11 to go into that game with loads of confidence and think and and feel good about winning yesterday and instead it it was it was just um three steps back to get a draw against a team that were worse than Bristol City um, and and what was what was potentially even more distressing than that was just the lack of creativity. I mean, we just seemed to be going through the motions, really. When we when we got the ball forward, there was where where was the incisiveness to to actually create the chances? I mean, the positives yeah. The, yeah. the positives were Brooks coming off the bench and looking relatively decent on the basis that he's not had much football at all. I thought he was. He wanted the ball. He was playing in between the lines, making it, you know, giving them something to think about. And um, it, it, it looked um, looked like we've been missing him. And that was good.
1: Mm, it was. And, you know, Jack Stacey came off, so he went into a flat back four and... Look, I'm, I'm sort of if there's a if there was a John uh, no not John Snow, Peter Snow's swingometer of negativity and positivity, I think we would be majorly in the negativity camp, Jeff. But it, there's it's not because we're glass half empty or any of that. We're just frustrated. Uh, because we know the ability that the team has. And arguably we've only seen it in a few occasions this season. I mean, contrary, I think the whole game was was pretty decent, you know, barring the penalty that we conceded or whatever. But, oh, you just know that they've got, you know, the ability. And Derby weren't anything special. And I, you know, I apologise, Derby fans, if you're uh, listening to this or watching this and you're thinking that we are disgracing you. But the fact is your your performance, we, you know, we've seen a lot better this season and we've managed to beat those teams. So the frustration from us is the fact that we... We didn't manage to beat you. So, you know, some credit has to go to, you know, how you lined up and the fact that you were, you know, relatively well drilled. But this feels like it's a point or two points dropped. And that's just of our own downfall. But it did get better. And that was when Roro came on. So I think Josh King won a free kick on the edge of the box on about 80 minutes. And Brooksy took it. Um, It went into the wall um but Bournemouth managed to recycle possession I think Rico I mean there were a number of times where he he crossed too long in my opinion and it went over the defenders but this one thankfully found the on-running Roro Rodrigo Recalme who I mean the volley with the right foot I don't know if it was um on the side foot but it was so measured and such a good goal wasn't it
2: oh beautiful goal and um what what skill that takes to do that. I mean, that ball came a long way. Uh, what was really pleasing from that attack, I mean, we kind of went a bit gung-ho. So the person it flew over was Steve Cook. You know, we were both, we were really putting bodies in the box there. Um, came all the way over. And I think that kind of, um, it distracted the Derby defence. So there was nobody on Raquel May. But honestly, that finish, that is class to be able to do that. And the beautiful thing about that is that, when you hit it like that first time, the keeper is not set. And number of times where we took shots at Marshall, he was set. And, he, you know, it's kind of expecting the shot and it makes it easier for the keeper to make the save when they're set. But when, they're, when you take it like that, boy, what a finish.
1: And that's a, a young lad that um, has got something to prove. And he... You know, when you are a younger player, you know, it doesn't matter what standard you're in, you take more risks. And I can just imagine that falling to someone like Dom Solanke. And I can imagine that he would have wanted to take a touch, by which time the defender would have closed him down. But Roro, to his credit, I mean, that the position that he was in, a number of things that could have happened. Yeah, he could have controlled it, he could have blazed it. It would have been so easy to get that wrong. But he just, you know, he didn't, he didn't even break stride on the inside of his right foot, so composed. And like you say, you know, the goalkeeper was, you know, he was going to his left, then all of a sudden to dive low to his right. It was impossible. It was the perfect goal. And at that point, Jeff, you know, this was the kind of, you know, the the 5% of the game where I thought, oh my God, we could actually win and, uh, you know, beat Derby for once in however many games it is. But then Derby go on the attack and then Steve Cook, no idea what happened. Hand, face, not sure. It looked like he was out of action for quite a while. I don't know how much of that was you know, amateur dramatics and how much of that was um, you know, it was real or whatever. But um, he got his body on the line and whichever part it hit, he prevented a certain goal.
2: Yeah, it was an incredible block. And, and actually, you know, there were a couple of things, I think, to, to just point out. When it went to 1-1, Derby looked good. You know, when they attacked us, they they looked decent, and in fact, just before Rickelmy scores, I think they had a, the guy. Um, I can't remember was it Knight had a twenty yarder where Begovic made a really decent save down to his down to his left, and that, you you kind of thought, well, if Derby had gone for us a bit more, they might have had a bit more joy because actually they were they were okay. I thought going forwards, and and I think sometimes. Um, Looking at our squad you're right we are we are technically a really good capable Premier League you know full of Premier League quality players. We ought to be dominating teams and winning games right okay that's that's sort of the way it is, but teams will then come and play with that really low block defensive um defensive shape that we are finding very difficult to break through. So you can see a lot more of these kind of nil-nil, one-nils going into the last sort of 15, 20 minutes coming up for us, I think. Um, but actually, if there's a few teams out there, you know, maybe Swansea already might take a look at that and think, you know what, we can attack Bournemouth because they're, they, we looked a bit fragile, I thought, in that last sort of five, or five, ten minutes. And, yeah, what a block. I'd say face. <laughs>
1: but no, idea, <laughs> no, no one knows now whilst i'm recording you know it's not just me and you that feel a bit negative whilst we're recording this um i had a, te- had, a had a message from ashley who was um he's been on the podcast before also on the free for all and he said he's he's utterly bemused by us at the moment he he did he, he did want to come on the free for all on youtube but he thought he might not It might not be good to go on a negative monologue with him combusting in the process. Um He said, he's sure he witted all the way through last season regarding our predictability and our inability to even deliver this along with moving the ball too slowly. It's, you know, there are a number of things for JT to work on. And uh, I just feel as though, like, I, you know i feel almost stupid like looking at the league table and and moaning because we're third we're seventeen points we're only like five points off top spot or whatever it is um but we had sixty nine percent possession yesterday we had ten shots five of which were on target four corners we we dominated we're getting um You know, I think it's just a a mixture of things, because at the moment, two things are happening. One, we're not creating enough chances. Two, even when we do, we're not scoring them. Case in point, Dom Solanke, for every five chances he gets, maybe he'll score one. We We don't quite know. So it's a mixture of things at the moment. But I just feel as though the lack of energy in the middle of the park, just reverberated around the side and yeah. I for one would like to see someone else pairing up with Lewis Cook in midfield yeah. in our next match because for me Philip Billing I, he just was a bit too pedestrian.
2: Yeah, I think I think it has to be Gosling because if it's if it's Phil Billing I think you you bring him on when we're 1-0 up with 10 minutes to go and you need to, you know, stop the opposition in midfield. I think I think at the moment uh, on yesterday's performance, he's not got the, the skill level to be paired with Lewis Cook to get us going forwards. All the energy, actually, you know, otherwise, sorry, Phil, wake up and play a bit quicker. It's what you've got to do. I mean, I was screaming at you yesterday so many times. You must have heard it because the number of times he takes about four or five touches, and you can see what he's doing. You know, the defensive, the defensive shape of the opposition is so much in position ready for the obvious pass he's going to make. And it's just, oh, anyway, um,
1: and it's not, you know what, it's not a billing agenda, is it? It's not a billing no. agenda because, you know, there are players like Dom Solanke who I thought actually played very well yesterday. Um, and he, his, his up play was good, created some chances for himself. And I thought it, you know, it was better for him. Josh King was equally poor. Junior Stanislas had a bad game. Um, yeah. You know, we could go on, you know, Jack Stacey wasn't himself. I not say he had a bad game, but he just wasn't himself. And there were a few players that, you know, that absolutely fitted that bracket. And, you at some point, Jeff. At some point, there's going to be a game, surely to God, where this all comes together, and then we absolutely annihilate a team three 0 like in the opening forty five minutes or so.
2: Yeah, and and I think I think maybe. Um, so one piece of advice for Dom: keep the ball on the deck, Dom, when you're hitting it, because he's hit every time he's he seems to be shooting at the moment. It's at a great height for the keeper to make saves. Keep it on the deck. And make sure you hit the flipping target. That one where he blazed it over earlier in the, that uh earlier in the game in the sorry end of the first half. I mean, that that's crying out for a side foot. Get it on target, not laces from there. And and I think it's just that sort of bit of thinking. Think about what you're doing a bit, you know. Make it tougher for the keeper. I think we have um a question I would ask the coaching team is rotation. Is it working? Maybe just pick your best 11 for every game until, you know, you need to, you need to pull a player out for an injury, because I think we need, we don't understand that 3-4-3 well enough where you can mess about with the lineup as we did yesterday. You know, I know we've got injuries. I know we've got, uh, you know, people, people out, but try and keep it as similar as possible. So, I'd have kept Gosling in yesterday rather than put Billing in that midfield. Um, and Josh has got to get better. We've got to get Brooks back playing full matches. Um, we we've got we we've got to start winning those games. You look at those five draws. Yeah, we're unbeaten, but five four of those draws were games we should have won and had three points from, not dropped two. One of those games, the Watford game, I'd say, yeah, you know, we came back and we 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 scraped a draw and we we earned a point there. All the others, we've let
1: three points go. Hi, this is The Biggin, Steve Fletcher, and you're listening to Back of the Net. So there we go. Great to hear from Jeff. He's going to be coming back uh, very, very shortly with the preview of Sheffield Wednesday. Now... North Stand season ticket holder, Tom Jordan. He is uh, more active than ever on our YouTube channel. So check out his Teej Talks series, including the player ratings from the previous game. So after Derby, what did he think of the 11 men on the pitch for the Cherries? Here's a taster of what you can expect on the YouTube channel.
0: Difficult one, because once again, we're happy in the sense that we're still unbeaten. And there's no one else in the top four leagues of English football that can say that. That's got to be a positive and it has been a successful start to the season. Having said that, we're better than Derby and we didn't show it for large parts in the game. I thought the first half in particular was was probably the worst half of the season, in my opinion. Really were poor and Derby were deservedly ahead of the break. Um, We were sloppy. We didn't get going at all. Um fortunately, we couldn't be any worse than we were not second half. I thought we were we were much better. Um, it helps because they had the goal. They're sitting back. They're inviting us on. And um, all the substitutes that Jason made were bang on as well. Um, made some really good changes that impacted the game, obviously. So, yeah, uh, another game about defeat. Unfortunately, not the three points we wanted, but we are closing that gap slightly. And, yeah, I think we haven't really hit top gear yet. And we still haven't lost a game so i'm looking at it from a positive um point of view and that i think we're going to get better um we've got players like king like brooks who we haven't seen you know properly back at it yet um jeff to return again who's obviously been out for a bit still got cameron carter vickers to, to introduce to the side as well so yeah i think it's going to get better um so from that point of view i'm quite excited and once again like i say didn't lose the game and uh, the character show from the team again. Watford last minute equaliser, Bristol City late winner, and again on Saturday against Derby late leveler. So get into it into the player ratings, obviously as always. Asmir Begovic in goal, and to be fair to him, I don't think he had an awful lot to do. Even though we were, like I say, we weren't at it in the first half. Fortunately for us, Derby didn't. They looked like a team that you know weren't playing with too much confidence, and they weren't punishing us. For what was a really sloppy open in 45. So he didn't have a lot to do. The goal was unfortunate. Scrappy from our point of view defensively, but it took a deflection. You can't blame blame Asmir for that. Uh, distribution fine. So I'm really happy of, with with Asmir so far this season. Um for the game, like I say, didn't didn't really do much wrong, but um didn't have loads of worldly saves to pull off and didn't really make any mistakes. So I'm just gonna give Asmir a, a standard seven out of ten. I think I think that's the fairest way to do it, really, with Asmir. Into the back three. Um, start with Chris Meppen, um, as he has been a lot this season on that right side, and I like Mep's a lot. But for me, that was one of his poorest games. Um, I just didn't think he was at it. Um, I remember the Cardiff game; uh, he was at fault for the goal. But then the following game against Watford, he pops up with that late winner, and you, you're really pleased for him. And I just... I just felt, I don't know, there was a point in the first half where he did go down, I'm sure it was in the first half, um, and he looked to be feeling something. I hope that's nothing too serious. But I just wonder if that maybe had an impact, because I just didn't, few late passes, a few, yeah, just, I don't think he was quite on it um, for me. And I thought he looked very shaky, uh, particularly in the first half. Um, not horrific, but but not one of his best. So I'm just going to give Meps a five out of ten, um, which I think's fair, and it just, Because we know we can do better now. Um, And I think that's key. Just looking for the colossal, the leader. You know, we're talking about leaders, aren't we, at the moment, in the sense that our leader for the country is uh, Boris Johnson. Um, But you don't have to worry about a leader when you come to Bournemouth. We got Steve Cook. And our epitomises the captain. Captain's performance, again, he was unbelievable against Bristol City. Unbelievable. He was a rock, he stopped everything, he headed everything. He was brilliant. And again, on Saturday, what a performance. And we all know what I'm going to refer to. That clearance on the line, I still am not sure which part of the body it hit. Um, I was a bit worried for him, actually, because he looked like he was in a bit of bother afterwards. Um, didn't look like he moved for a while, but luckily got up and seemed okay. But that is a block on the line that, that's got us a point. You know, we that's late on the way. We obviously scored late, it was actually just after that, and they're winning the game um if cookie doesn't do that and it just doesn't surprise me when you see that book on the line you know it's cookie um what a center half um what a player for this football club to be fair And i just love him and i think in the championship even more so he's being looked at now you know we're talking about like sofrano sermon daniels have all kind of departed recently and cookie's one of the mainstays there and he's I, it almost feels like he, he's loving that he's loving that responsibility, and. Uh, to really try and get that, get the club back up. And he hadn't really put a foot wrong this season, to be fair. Um, so he's got to be up there for man of the match. I probably would say he's my man of the match again. It's a similar story to to the Bristol City game in the sense that Cookie's probably our best player on the pitch, but a substitute's come and got the vital goal, which we'll talk about later. But 9 out of 10 for Steve Cook. Can't argue with that, in my opinion. And remember, our YouTube channel address
1: is dot. YouTube.com forward slash AFCB podcast or just search Back of the Net Bournemouth or Bournemouth fan channel, something like that. You should be able to find us. But if you want to watch the full video of what you just heard, really interesting points that he makes about a number of players. Yeah, just search Back of the Net Bournemouth on YouTube and please also subscribe because that helps a lot. So on Tuesday, it's Wednesday. This is Mark Pugh, the foodie footballer. And you're listening to Back of the Net. So, Jeff Sheffield Wednesday on Tuesday night, slightly earlier than planned, and we're playing a team that is sat at the bottom of the table and their form is not particularly great. Let me go through October's results. One-all draw with QPR at home. They beat Birmingham City away 1-0. They lost at home to Brentford 2-1. To Luton Town 1-0 at home. They then lost 3-0 at Rotherham and on Saturday they well, they lost one 0 at Wickham Wondrous, who secured their first three points of the season. Um it's um I'm fed up with saying this, but it's a match that we really should be winning, isn't it?
2: Well, on that form, you know, having lost their last four, absolutely. And um, we uh, we ought to be going into the game um, with a positive mindset and uh, thinking that there's a team that we've got to get the three points from.
1: Yeah. And we want to see uh, a performance with lots of energy and you know what? Watford, I think there were many parts of the Watford performance when we got that point that, that weren't particularly great, but we saw moments of good. Um, the first three minutes I thought was pretty good. Um And the last three minutes, or whatever it was, was pretty good. But there were little flushes. But we want to see the best parts of um, our good performances. Like, I mean, in Coventry, you know, that was probably the most complete performance that we've had so far this season. Um, And we need to see elements of that. And to do that, we need the correct personnel. So, midfield-wise, obviously, we're going to probably be without Jefferson Lerma. Do you think this 3-4-3 formation is what we need to be going for?
2: Uh, yeah, I think um, I think they're going to go with it anyway. I mean, it, let, let's let's look at the uh, commentary game, and it worked well there. You know, we did play we did play with a lot of speed and intensity and accuracy in that game. So I don't think we should blame the system. I think the 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 the, the system is one that suits the players better. But we've still got to do the basics right. And I fully expect there to be some changes from uh, Saturday's game.
1: And I think the 3-4-3 formation lends itself to the fact that um, we haven't exactly got uh, uh plentiful, in terms of riches of centre midfielders at the moment with Lerma being out and billing with one of the poorest games we've seen in a Bournemouth shirt. Um, So therefore it might lend itself to that when you've got players like Brooks who came on late in the match against Derby County to good effect, when you've got Roro scoring, when you've got Josh King coming back into fitness, when you've got Dom Solanke with some good hold-up play, you've got to think that we might as well stick to our strengths and play with the three attackers that work so well in the Betway Cup against West Ham. And This could be the one, Jeff. This could be the one where we absolutely smash a team.
2: You said that before the last game, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. (laughs) But probably more likely with this one because, I mean, look, Sheffield Wednesday, they, look, when you're playing Derby County, they would have been happy for a draw. And I think they would have taken a draw um, at kickoff. You know, maybe not so much half time. They'd have wanted the win. But Afterwards, they they were probably relatively happy with a draw. Sheffield Wednesday, I, I don't think they can afford to be content with drawing games. You know, given the league position uh, position they're in, Rooted to the bottom of the table, minus four points, they've got a long way to go, and they need to you know they need to start winning games. And the fact that they've got four losses in a row in the league is probably going to put pressure on the manager. Um, fans are going to be a bit uptight and they're going to need to put in a decent shift, which that's what we want. We want to play teams that will have a go at us. I was really surprised when we played Coventry that they tried to have a go and they didn't sit back and soak up possession like I thought they would. And we we always struggle against teams like that. It happened in the Premier League last season. It's happened a number of times this season. So if a team has a go, the quality of players that we have can can really exploit it. And it could, okay, I've said it it could be a goal fest.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I could agree with that. I mean, we're. we're so, I could
1: agree with that. I love
2: it. <laughs> we are so, we are so inconsistent at the moment that you're just not sure. I mean, we're inconsistent, not from game to game, but from half to half. So here, here's a, here's a, a sort of area that, or a way that it could pan out. Uh, they score first, then they put 10 men behind the ball and we have uh, one of our off nights and we could end up losing that game 1-0. You know, it, it could be like that because we're just, you're just not confident before the game which Bournemouth is going to turn up. And are we going to turn up for a 90 or are we going to just turn up for a 45?
1: Well, I'm glad I chat to you today, Jeff, because right. I'm really absolutely... Uh, tell you what, though, I, I'm sure your prediction won't be overly negative. I don't, or when, no. I don't know. I mean, go on. What do you well, think? Well, like I say, I think
2: there will be changes. So um, I'm not sure. What's the situation with Lloyd Kelly? Any chance he'll be back? What do you reckon?
1: Not too sure about that. I think we're kind of waiting for what uh, Jason Tyndall comes out with in his press conference, uh, whenever that will be maybe Monday uh, morning, Monday afternoon.
2: Let's say, let's say it's Rico and Smith again on that left-hand side. I think it will be Meppam and, and Stacey. I think the key areas get right that we got so badly wrong against uh, Derby is that midfield three. Mm-hmm. And Lewis Cook has to play that anchor role because there is no, there is no other option unless you play Billing there. And I, I just don't think he's in the right sort of mindset at the moment. Um, I think you've got to play Gosling in there. And I think you've got to play Brooks in that Stanislas role
1: just shows how much we miss Jeff Lerma, doesn't it, Jeff?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, he gives us options to play a defensive midfield position or we can play that more advanced attacking role as well. And, um, yeah, yeah we, we need him back. I'm, I'm hoping that he might not go to Colombia for that international break and might just stick around and recuperate so that he's firing for the first game after the break, which, as you and I both know, is going to be a big game.
1: Mm, yeah, very, very much so. So, yeah, prediction-wise, um, I'm going for a 3-1. I'm going for a 3-1, a repeat of Coventry. Um, we've got goals in us and we should have chances. We should be able to create them. I'm fancying Dom Solanke with a brace. Maybe more, you know, hope than expectation, but that's what I'm going for.
2: I'm going for a 3-0 to us, not to them, to us, because... I'm. Um, I... I think it's going to be a bad game we had against Derby so we'll have a good game against Sheffield Wednesday and then we'll all be upbeat for the Birmingham game won't we Yeah very true <laughs> and you know
1: hopefully eight goals in that one Jeff
2: thank you very much for today Thanks Sam thanks for having me on
1: So, there we go. That's another episode of Back of the Net all done. It's, uh, you know, when games come thick and fast, it's, uh, you know, we're obviously going to miss out matches. So, we didn't didn't really even touch Bristol City on this audio podcast. But if you do feel as though you're missing out chronologically on the matches that we're playing, then I do encourage you to, as I say, go to our YouTube channel earlier. That's youtube.com. Forward slash AFCB podcast, where you can catch up on all our reviews and fan opinion after that one nil win against the Robins. But against the Rams, it was one all. What so the Owls? Hopefully, we'll be talking about something positive next week on the audio podcast. Right, Halloween, one all against Derby County. The last time we played on Halloween, it was two thousand and nine, and it was against Rochdale. And Bournemouth suffered a four-nil home defeat. It was absolutely dreadful. Goals from Dagnall, two from O'Grady, and one from Whaley as well. The likes of Shuan Jalal, Ryan, Gary, Jason Pierce, Warren Cummings, Anton Robinson, Feeney, Hollands, Pittman, Connell, Bradbury, and Fletcher. That's a strong side. How the hell did we lose four-nil? But I remember that night I went to the Bic to watch. Block Party, who were on stage, and I always remember Cherry's fan Matt Tong, drummer um, who's currently with uh, the band Algiers, uh, brilliant by the way. Um, I remember him coming on in his Bournemouth shirt, going up to the mic, and said, F Rochdale, beautiful. That was in front of uh, 6,378 fans at Dean Core and um, a fair few thousand at the BIC as well with Block Party. Brilliant night, good music, shame about uh, what happened during the day, hey. Yeah, 4-0, I I won't forget that. I I remember a Gillingham one as well where they tonked us 4-0 a long, long time ago at the old Dean Court as well. Not not particularly great. Right, thank you for listening to Back in the Net. Remember, if you want to support us, you can do so by buying us a coffee. Um, We've made a few investments over the last... uh, few weeks and we're continuing to up our quality i think it's important that we do so because especially over the next month we want to uh, make sure the cherry conversation keeps flowing so if we've got the best equipment to actually produce the shows with then hopefully it's it it'll make it at least sound good as well uh but you can go to com slash coffee that's afcbpodcast.com slash coffee. Right, let's start my Monday. I better go, but thanks for listening to Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Rico's cross is not bad. Towards the back post, falling into the back of the net by Raquel May. What a strike to the right foot of the Spaniard! What an impact on his home debut and Bournemouth, almost the same time they scored as they did on Wednesday, smashed in for the equaliser.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.